Okay, so I was driving on the freeway yesterday and there was this bright blue, like baby blue BMW who was a really, really bad driver um, and this BMW guy was like um, racing up and, and driving, tailgating someone and honking the horn, trying to make them move over even though there was nowhere for them to move to. It was a two-lane road and then like cutting people off and just obviously having a really raging, he was just screaming and rage in his car and he was obviously in a bad place um, and wanting to drag everyone else into that uh, hysteria and rage place that he was in. And I watched this go on for about 20 minutes because we were stuck in traffic. Um, and it didn't, no amount of screaming seemed to calm him down. Um, no amount of screaming was doing any good, but he was almost caused, <sighs> causing like 10 different accidents. And this is the thing. I, I see now I'm teaching my teenager how to drive. I'm seeing uh, bad drivers on the road I'm more aware of them, whereas I didn't really notice them before because I have to – now I'm worried about, you know, a teenager on his uh, learner's permit. And I'm watching all of these people who are driving, looking at their phone, uh, veering back and forwards across lanes and realising why everyone in Russia has dash cams, right? And so many people have dash cams so you can sort of go, hey, you know, look, this is what they were doing right before they, they ran a red light. But, you know, the funny thing about all of these crazy, crazy bad drivers is, and by bad drivers, I don't mean just people who speed. I mean people who don't concentrate, people who lack awareness on the road, people who lack spatial skills, uh, awareness of other drivers around them, and people who are um, just like really, really super aggressive on the road. So I think people on the road use aggression as a way to compensate for their own lack of driving ability. That's just uh, my two cents. So my teenager who's learning to drive, he said to me, um, he said, you know what? Uh, so there's two of us who are teaching him to drive. And he said, I noticed that the way people drive is the way they do life. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. And he goes, for example, he said, you drive like you do life. You're like, wee, this is fun. And you sort of, you float between cars and you do your own thing and you don't get in anyone's way, but you, you sort of get where you're going and off you go and you sort of weave in and out and you float and, and you're very much in your own space. And he said, but that's exactly what you like. You're like in your own space, in your own mind, but you're, you're watching what everyone else. He said, it's exactly what you like as a person. Um, you're in your own space. You don't in, impinge or encroach on anyone because I'm, and that's, for me, it's because I'm super empathetic, but I, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. So I just stay in my own space. So I don't cut people off. I don't, I make sure I don't change lanes at the last minute. I don't want to have to, I don't want me personally, I don't want four people behind in the other lane to have to put on their brakes to avoid hitting me, right? But the other person who's teaching him to drive is uh, a very aggressive person, so shall we say. And he said, and I hadn't seen them drive, but I know what they're like as a human being. And he said, so she's also teaching me to drive. And he said, it's really interesting because she drives the opposite to you. He said, she'll overtake She'll, she'll drive up in the, the parked car lane if it's empty and she'll overtake on the wrong, you know, like on the, the wrong way around, on the wrong lane. He said she'll overtake on the left and then like slam on the brakes in front of them trying to cause accidents 
he said what she does, she drives how she does life in that she breaks all the rules. She says the rules don't apply to her and then she'll pull in front of someone and then panic and then start screaming. So she'll wait till the last minute to go through an intersection and then slam on the brakes and then be in the, on the brakes in the middle of the intersection just screaming at everyone. And he said that's exactly what she's like in life, in that she's always screaming at everyone for something that she's done and wanting to blame everyone else for something that she's done. And he said, honestly, watching her drive is like going, oh, my God, I don't want to be (laughs) – not only do I not want to be like her as a driver, I don't want to be like her as a human being. He said, I really – and we we joke about this, but we really do see people's true natures come out in the way they drive. If you're super aggressive – Um, You might be able to have a veneer of politeness in public, but when you're super aggressive, that's how you're going to drive. And I remember years ago, someone saying to me, I always do job interviews over a game of racquetball or a game of golf, because if people cheat at golf, they're going to cheat in business, right? And look at the book about Trump now with his golfing. When Even when the cameras are on him, he'll shove the ball a foot into the golf thing or he'll throw, and the book talks about how he'll, if somebody does a really good hole, he'll throw it into the sandpits, right? But if people cheat in games, they'll cheat in life. But I also think how people drive is how they do life, right? If they really, if they don't concentrate on the road, and that they're going to do that in life. And But what's funny about all of this is that there are guys who drive in a super, super aggressive way on the road. There are some. It's it's not many, but there are some. And the cliche about, the cliche is that they're BMWs or or, um, Holden Commodore drivers, whatever. And and every country will have a different cliche. But... um, Right, so when you see these men who drive super fast on the road and they're like driving up to someone else and honking their horn and demanding the other person goes over, I don't look at them and think, wow, (laughs) that's impressive. I look at them and think, oh, my God, you must be terrible in bed. I think that if that's what you're like on the road, me, 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 let me through. I have to finish first. I have to get there first. I don't care about anyone else. What about my needs? I'll assume that's what you're like in bed, right? So if you're horrible on the road, I'll assume that you take those same skills, that same self-absorption, selfishness, disregard for other people and aggression. I'll assume that you're like that in life. So these men who drive these souped up cars and try and show off, if you're a terrible driver, because we joke about saying if a man can't dance, um, how he does the the vertical, what is it, the horizontal mumbo? We make all these jokes about men's dancing ability, uh, translating into their bedroom ability, but we don't usually see men dance, but you absolutely see men drive. So it might not be safe to go on a first date with a stranger, in their car, but definitely meet them somewhere and get you and both of you drive and watch how they drive. I remember years ago, I went on a first date with someone and we met at his work. There was a bar downstairs and we met there for a start and then we were going to the night markets. And we both went from his uh, work car park, we both went 
uh, about five kilometres, I guess, to the night markets. And he had a really hotted up car and he tried to race me, but he kept getting stuck behind other cars. So he'd try and overtake by changing lanes and get stuck behind other cars and he'd toot and he'd get really aggressive. Whereas I just had this really free flow. I just flowed straight through and I arrived and, and found a park and he flew into a rage. Now, we know that if you are having a bad day and you're really, you know, if you're having a bad day and you're running late and you're not concentrating and your adrenaline's flowing um, and you're super stressed, you're going to, that stress is going to make it worse when you're on the road because the adrenaline's going to mean that your ability, your spatial awareness and your abilities are hindered by the adrenaline affecting your frontal lobe and your concentration. So we know when we're super stressed, we know that we don't drive to the best of our abilities, right? But I couldn't believe that this guy threw a screaming tantrum because he wanted to race me to get to the markets. And it was just like, oh my God, but how wonderful that I got to see immediately what sort of person he was when he didn't get to win at something. Right? How wonderful that I saw this toxic behavior before the very first date because that saved me a whole lot of energy and time and effort by going, okay, is this someone I want in my life in any capacity? Absolutely not. But it usually on dates, the first few dates, everyone's on their best behavior. And this is a really good way to see to the true nature of the beast really fast. So the short version of this is, guys, when you are a super aggressive driver, we'll assume you're super aggressive in bed. Now, some people like that. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, it's just, hey, test the theory and let me know. But I have really seen a correlation and I only saw it because my teenager went, oh, your personality is the way you drive. You know, woohoo, look at watching everyone, being aware of everyone. And that's me. I walk on eggshells, but it means the way I drive is just not to get in anyone's way, not to aggravate anyone, but I, but I get where I'm going. All right, so I learned to drive. I've driven lots and lots of different vehicles. I've driven helicopters and planes and ferries and trains and trucks and delivery vans. I've driven all sorts of vehicles. And also I grew up playing 10 different instruments. So I have good spatial awareness. So I'm a good driver. I'm a very aware driver. I don't need to be aggressive, but I, I also enjoy driving, right? And yet there are people who are bad at driving, so either they're frustrated because they're driving a car that's not fast, and then what will happen is they'll speed when they finally get through somewhere, or they'll, you just start noticing it. Because the more I point this out to people who are my passengers, the more they notice. And um, then they'll come back and they'll go, oh my God, you're right. I noticed the way my boyfriend drives is that he'll be sitting in traffic and he'll just start screaming and complaining about everyone around him for no valid reason. And she said, I noticed, this is what my friend Elena did, she said, I noticed that that's what he does in life. He blames everyone else around him when really the problem's got nothing to do with them. And then when he's blaming everyone else, he's giving away his power to change it. So I originally thought this was just a funny joke, being a ha-ha, men who look at men who are terrible at driving, are terrible in bed, if they're self-absorbed. But I actually think it's part of a whole metaphysical or a whole uh, symbolism 
of their bad driving being their pers- their bad personality, right? So, um, <laughs> but hey, how we do everything is how we do anything. The people who blame everyone um, for everything tend to blame people when they're on the road, obviously, like I've just said. The people who walk on eggshells too much will tend to be very nervous drivers. The people who have a lot of anxiety, very nervous drivers. Oh, do you know, it was really funny a few years ago. Um, we had this guy installing uh, satellite TV cable and he came and he was installing cable at a property and there were two of us there and there was an older woman and this guy and myself. And he was, he'd come from Italy and he was complaining about the drivers on the road. And she'd been driving in France and he'd been driving in Italy. And they were both complaining about the bad drivers. And I realised <laughs> that she's complaining about fast drivers and he is complaining about slow drivers. And they're both talking about bad drivers, but their definition of bad drivers was describing one another. So I'm letting it run for a while. It was really funny. And she's going, oh, these bad drivers on the road. There's so many bad drivers. And what she meant was she was a panicky, nervous driver who would stop at a yellow light and and be very nervy and, and constantly break. And she was a very nervy driver. So other drivers would toot her to go right? And so she was complaining about bad drivers who gave her anxiety on the road when they criticised her driving. So that's what she's complaining about because she's a she's not a competent driver. She's a very, very nervous driver. So um, she's complaining about bad drivers, meaning people who tooted her, that was her idea, or people who drove in a way that scared her because she wasn't comfortable and confident driving. He's complaining. <laughs> so she's complaining about people who go fast, whatever. He's complaining about people who, he's complaining about her driving skills. And they're both talking about, oh, we hate bad drivers. We hate bad drivers. So isn't one of those things where everyone thinks they're a good driver? Yeah, they probably do. Because we have this delusional, this Dunning-Kruger thing where we think we're smarter, we think we're more competent than we are, we all think we have higher IQs than we do. Um, but, sure, you know, surely people think they're bad drivers. But um, another example of this, last Christmas, I was driving with this friend of mine, Sandra. Now, she normally drives down near the beach and there's way less traffic and it's freeways and she drives very, very slowly and she has uh, she's lost her license quite a lot of times, so and she's a very uh, so she drives very slowly. She goes under the limit, and she she says the whole thing is I drive very slowly, but I eventually get there. And so, but she, but I didn't real. I thought she went. Oh, she's aware that she's not a competent driver. She, I thought she was aware that she's a nervous driver. That she's she's not good at changing lanes. She struggles. Um, to cope with driving and, and multitasking. And I, I thought she was aware that she's uh, a very uh, a very nervous driver who struggles to um, have driving skills. I, I actually assumed she was aware that, that uh, driving with her was exhausting because you're like, she's going to have an accident. She's had a lot of accidents. She's lost her licence a lot of times. So I actually assumed that she realised she was not a competent driver. What was really interesting with her one day, I was a passenger while she was driving and she went on this rant about drivers who drove fast and drivers who 
drove in a lot of traffic and they just lived on their brakes because what happens, we were in traffic, all the drivers were inching forward, giving each other a car length or whatever, five feet, but everyone was inching forward and letting everyone else in. And she went on this rant screaming about all the other drivers on the road because their driving made her nervous. So drivers who, in traffic, she got nervous, so everyone else was the problem. And she, it amazed me that she thinks everyone should drive like her. Everyone should drive like her. Everyone should drive way below the speed limit. Everyone should leave two car lengths between each other. Everyone should drive like her. As And the, her belief was, everyone should drive like me, and then I'd be able to cope. So... <laughs> it was the here's the belief system. Everyone should drive like me, so I don't get challenged. I don't have to learn skills, and and I was like, oh, is that what you know? I'm like, wow, <laughs> that says so much about you. So start to notice, you know, like if because these beliefs we don't realize they're not conscious until we start to say everyone should. So if you want to go. Because we're not aware of our unconscious programming until it gets challenged and then it shows up like everyone should or that's just the way it is, right? So everyone should. So if it, whereas I'm like my belief is everyone should learn to drive in Germany so they have good skills and so they enjoy driving because driving is a joy if you know how to do it properly, right? So I have an everyone should. Everyone should <laughs> learn to drive. Um, we shouldn't have taxes on cars so we can all have decent cars and, you know, like a universal uh, income. But everyone should be taught proper driving skills on and, and by proper driving skills, I mean learn to drive and merge and manage traffic the way they do in Europe or even the way they do in Bali where all the traffic flows and they learn to handle uh, a lot of traffic and what's going on around them, right? So everyone should learn how to drive properly. I have that belief system, right? But, I mean, that doesn't mean that's true, right? So it's not true that everyone should learn how to drive because Honestly, if people are terrible at driving and they're dangerous on the road, it's probably a good idea that they don't drive. Um, one of my neighbours has an everyone should have children and she doesn't want children, right? So everyone, sh and, and by the way, she'd be a terrible mother. I think it's an awesome idea that she doesn't want children because I had a parent who didn't want children and my parent detested me because they didn't really want to be a parent right? And so, this whole thing, everyone should, is, is, not, is, is not what's going to create a functional, healthy society, right? Because everyone, you know, does their own thing, right? Imagine if we all had autonomy or imagine if we all did what made us happy. I think we are moving away from this society where religion or it was all about controlling the masses and, um, we're at this tipping point where we're actually going, oh, I could have autonomy or I could have a little bit of freedom or I can actually do choose what makes me happy. I don't have to wait till I'm retired. I don't have to have, you know, work my whole life and have the same job, you know, grow up, go to uni, have the same job for 40 years and then retire and then, you know, play golf and die. What if I actually just found a way to earn income online 
What if I found a way to have flexibility? What if I found a way to be to create leveraged income? What if I actually did what I loved? So this is this whole new thing, and this challenges that everybody should. Um, so the everybody should crowd is really, really struggling because while they're ranting, everybody should, everybody should do it my way or everybody should do what I say, the universe is showing them that that doesn't work. Not only does it not work for those screaming everybody should do it my way so that I'm not challenged in any way, um, the universe is showing them that the people who are flexible, so the, the I, I think it was, I can't remember, was it Elon Musk or some billionaire, Warren Buffett, said the most successful people are those who have the most elasticity, of uh, brain elasticity, the most flexibility, right? The ones, uh, it sounds like a Branson quote actually, the people who can adapt are going to be the ones who thrive and survive as the world changes. Because we see it with coal miners who go, my grandpappy was a coal miner, you know, and everyone in my family has done this for two, three, four generations. And now I'm angry that there aren't coal mining jobs anymore. And it's like they've never read that book, Who Moved My Cheese, where you go, okay, well, the cheese has moved. So you now got to find a way to get to the new cheese, the new income, the new goals, instead of screaming that there's no cheese. So um, I, I guess that this ability to adapt and thing is that the microcosm of it is the way people drive. So you see people who drive, who go, I just want to get where I'm going, and then they'll toot and they'll scream and they'll at anyone who gets in their way, and they're not able to change lanes or they're not able to adjust or they're not able to adjust for the traffic. And then what happens if the traffic goes against them? They'll respond in one of their trigger way. So some people, when they're triggered, they scream. Some people, when they're triggered, they get really aggressive. Some people, when they're triggered, they start blaming everyone. Some people, when they're triggered, shut down. Some people, when they're triggered, adjust. Some people blame themselves and they go, right, now what can I do and how can I? Some people just fix it, right? So driving is a... Look at the way people drive before you get in a relationship with them in business. Look at the way people drive before you get in a relationship with them full stop. And then you'll see how they negotiate and overcome problems, right? Because if it doesn't match your style, if you don't want to end up with a person who just flies into a rage and starts smashing things. Um, and look, by the way, I've got friends who are really good at handling those people. I'm not. I have a friend whose mum is Russian and we were at lunch and this cra this uh, person who was on some sort of amphetamines who was, uh, I don't know what drug he was on, but he was frothing at the mouth and he was quite agitated and he came up to the table at the outdoor cafe and started screaming at her about Hillary Clinton, right? And it just randomly just started screaming, screaming, screaming at the top of his lungs. And she's this tiny little woman who's like 60 years old, my friend's mum, and so I stepped in front of her, put, you know, thinking I was protecting her. And I was terrified. I was really shaken up by this guy who um, could have hurt me. You know, he wasn't in his right mind. And afterwards, she was like, what are you doing? I'm Russian. I can take care of myself. I, you know, like if he t attacks me, I can fight back. She said, why did you think you had to protect me? I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> so that's the thing. 
if someone's real, I've got a friend who's Italian, uh, a female friend of mine, Daniela, and she's Italian. Now she screams in a rage all the time. But for her, it's not triggering because she says her whole family scream in rage and that's how they communicate with each other. So I might have a problem with it, but for her, it's just the way they speak to each other because she says, I know my family love each other. We, we fly into screaming rages, but underneath it, we love each other, right? But for me, not okay because I grew up with two people in my family, in my extended family, two people who fly into screaming rages and then start screaming that they're going to kill you. So for me, the association is if I'm triggered, if somebody is, not me, if somebody is triggered and starts screaming and starts screaming, then they're very quickly going to tip over into out of control, smashing things, out of control, trying to kill me, out of control, threatening to kill me. So my association with rage is different right? So your association with, with a driver who's very, you might like it because you might go, oh, okay, someone who's very aggressive on the road is going to be very aggressive in business and I really like it and I don't really care if they don't take into account other people's needs because that's what I want in business. Um, another example of this would be um, a person I know called David. He said, I don't mind if Tom's super unethical to, he didn't use the word super unethical. I don't mind if Tom lies to make a sale because I lie to make sales, right? And whereas for me, it's like, oh, that's unethical. I'm not unethical. I have a problem with that. Um, but David doesn't. So his, his values are matched. Um, someone else I know, Rob came to me and said, hey, I've got a potential business partner. I'm concerned because he's mad about Trump, loves Trump, loves Trump. And, and he said, should I be concerned that my business partner loves Donald Trump? And I said, well, <laughs> what would concern me is if he thinks Trump's a really clever businessman because what it's telling you is that he has the same values and ethics around business or has no problem with Trump's values and ethics in business. So if he says Trump's a really smart businessman, what he's telling you is it's smart to rip people off. We know Trump has not paid. Uh, there's a lien on the Trump Hotel in Washington. We know that there are 3,500 court cases where he didn't pay people. And he, Trump has bragged about uh, not paying taxes, not paying uh, contractors, and said it's smart in business to, to rip people off and why should I pay them? It's smart to do what others would label as unethical. It makes him smart, right? It's smart to take money from the Russians laundered through Deutsche Bank, right? So, so I said to Rob, if, um, if this guy goes into business with you, he, you will then be working with someone who has no problem not, play, not playing by the rules, who thinks it's really, really smart not to pay. Now, the problem is if your business partner's with him and he does a runner and doesn't pay, you'll then be liable and then you'll be sued. So be careful being business partners with someone unless you enjoy there are people like Trump who really, really enjoy the fight, who enjoy the drama. Trump really enjoys the litigation. He instigates a lot of the litigation instead of paying people because he enjoys the fight. So, um, but how you do anything is how you do everything, right? How you drive is how you do life. How Trump does business is how he runs everything, how he's running, he's surrounding. Look at the cabinet surrounding himself with crooks, surrounding himself with people like Stephen, you know, the Miller and, and all of them, Newton, who have similar ethics, similar values, similar beliefs, right? And he has no problem with that. 
because why would he, right? So um, by the same token, growing up, my dad stopped being friends with this guy Martin because Martin was ripping people off in business. My dad had a huge problem with my cousin because he saw one of my cousins. She was ripping people off in business and he just went, I, I won't associate with those people. So, and I'm the same. If someone's unethical or if someone's nasty, I just won't have them in my life because I don't want to be associated with them. And in the past, when I have been associated with them, they've ripped off other people I care about. And my friends have said to me, oh, they were your friends, so I thought they'd be a nice person. So they've had uh, like a borrowed uh, validation, a validation by association. And I never, ever want... Uh, to be complicit in any way in one of my friends getting hurt. But I'm all about how to spot the red flags. <laughs> and one of them is is the way people drive. If it's not a match for your values, then that person's probably not a match for your values in other ways. If you want a partner who's aggressive because you uh, lack ambition and drive and that's your value, then pick someone who's an aggressive driver if you want a partner who's considerate, pick someone who's a considerate who's considerate on the roads. Um, is the <laughs> I was going to say the short version, but you get the idea. <laughs>